Hello, this is Tamikaze, and welcome to the 10th episode of Voices. And today we have Shelly with us. And uh, Shelly, could you describe to us, um, for the listeners out there, you as a cartoon character? Uh, my cartoon character would be named Shelly Poppins, because that's what I'm trying to make a stage name out of. Not really sure how that's going. Uh, but Shelly Poppins is what I'm trying to make happen. I, I don't know. I feel like... Bitmoji is pretty accurate for what I would be if you look at my Bitmoji. It's just like this little spunky, ridiculously long hair. If I had magic powers, they would come from my hair. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but just this little spunky, like, sort of sporty, cute little chubby, super long hair. Bubbly and goofy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, uh, long hair. Yeah, that's a, you can have powers from that. Yeah. Yeah. I've been on a, on a um, Mortal Kombat uh, kick lately. But uh, there's, an, there's a, uh, there's a, uh, a superpower, like a, a uh, move with a hair move <laughs> in that, which is kind of goofy. <laughs> but I'm not, it's actually not goofy at all. Um, it's actually quite powerful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, superpowers from hair, hair most turn, certainly. Turn my hair into daggers? I could yeah, do yeah. some serious damage with it. I could do some serious damage with this. Yeah. It's yeah. Hairs and daggers. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely it would work. Yeah. Or, you know, like um, hair, hair that makes, makes um, like, um, you know, uh, what's the, some of the superpowers? Like, um, I think uh, there was episodes of Small. I don't know if you ever watched Smallville. Yeah. 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 So there's a <clears throat> an episode of Smallville where um, one of the teachers had some kind of um, ability to kind of seduce. So hair that seduces would also work. <laughs> uh, another another like key component as to who I am as a person is I love to swim. Ah. So maybe my hair could be some sort of like mermaid transformation powers, and I become like a super mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, so uh, <clears throat> uh, now, uh, I've known Shelly from uh, uh, karaoke. Uh, actually, most of the people I'm interviewing is usually from karaoke. But uh, uh, I'm going to ask uh, Shelly um, what uh, her... How long have you karaokeed, and uh, can you give us a memory about, about it? I've been trying to think a lot, knowing, knowing this interview is coming, about my first karaoke memory. And I don't, there isn't, there isn't one. There just always <laughs> has been karaoke. Karaoke will always be, it just exists. Uh, growing up, we always had like a karaoke night at the local Applebee's. Oh, wow. So it'd be like happy hour for all the grownups. And then like kids would come for the beginning part, oh, at wow. least sometimes they'd stay for the whole thing. But that's my like earliest karaoke memories. I got real into it when I moved to DC though. Yeah. And that was about four years ago. Okay. What are your musical influences? Uh, so I used to be used to be ashamed to say this, but I'm pretty pretty basic when it comes to my music. I'm a basic bitch and I own it now. Um I grew up out in Colorado, so a little bit of country influence, a little bit of Carrie Underwood. Uh, Kelly Clarkson, like, yeah. 
right, basically music that was super popular yeah. in like 2002. Okay. It's when I like discovered music of my own taste rather than like just listening to what my parents had on. Yeah. Uh, Pink was oh, my favorite. Yeah. Favorite. All right. Uh, Pink's misunderstood album was my like okay. first ever purchase yeah. of music, and to this day I love Pink and her like. Yeah kind of off-brand, like, shove it in your face. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be whoever the fuck I want to be. Yeah. And I feel that. <laughs> so uh, my sister can actually um, uh, confirm this. <laughs> uh, so my favorite Pink song, I actually do have a favorite Pink song, and it is uh, Family Portrait. The music video for Family Portrait is just awesome and the vocals on it is just like so emotional it's yeah (laughs) yeah I can't I can't watch that video without crying and like it's great it's beautiful have you have you seen her fucking perfect video no I've not it's newer it's also really emotional and it it uses like it uses a child actor again and I think putting putting children into music reaches people on a more, a deeper, different emotional level. I feel like a lot of pop music doesn't talk about, like, children and the effect of the world on children. And Pink's badass mom, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, no, uh, no like, uh, yeah, Pink is this, um, I think that, that was, like, one of the first songs I heard from Pink, and I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. <laughs> this is so incredible. I... Uh, and uh, uh, and I actually love Kelly Clarkson's voice. She's just absolutely amazing. The notes that she can hit, you're just like, God, that's so amazing. Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, you know, I, I try to um, love all music. So um, there's great country songs out there. I um, just don't know as many of them. <laughs> but I have sang... Um, I have saying Dixie Chicks. <laughs> Earl, Earl's got it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is which is uh, which also got them in trouble. But <laughs> but aside from that, I mean, uh, you know, it's a song. You know, that's you know, uh, I wouldn't take it too seriously. It's uh, yeah. Uh, and um, so with that said, uh, so you've been karaoke. Uh, very consistently for the last four years, and uh, what is your go-to song? Uh, so my go-to song for a long time was uh, Alicia Keys, uh, If I Ain't Got You. Uh, I love that song. It's, it's slow and ballady, and I mean, you, you've seen me perform. I really, I really like slow, powerful, yeah. emotional songs, and that, that one's a little bit more playful, a little bit more R&B seems to be universally like accepted. Everyone kind of, yeah. regardless of the crowd, you're gonna find someone like nodding their head or mm-hmm. singing along. Uh, lately, my my anthem has been "Sorry Not Sorry" yeah. by Demi Lovato, <laughs> just because I've I've kind of taken on that like I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna be me. 
persona, and that song just like real, really speaks to me right now. That and not a lot of people can belt those high notes like I yeah. can, and I feel super proud when I do it in front of people. <laughs> and yeah, I've I've uh, seen Shelly do that song, and she's amazing. Yeah, and the song's just a great song. Like, uh, yeah, no, usually when I think of sorry, not sorry, I usually think of you. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, um, uh, we uh, we had a. Um, a road trip to um, uh, Pennsylvania. The, we went to the Poconos um, uh, in the middle so, of winter, it was and it was so it fucking was, cold. It was the coldest day period, like of the year, like negative. Like six. the high was the high was in negatives. Like not cool, dude. Not cool. But there was karaoke, and um, <laughs> Shelly did a uh, sorry not sorry, which was awesome, <laughs> and. Uh, and I think that was actually one of the first times I'd, I'd um, uh, had heard that song, honestly, because I had heard it briefly, but um, it was new, newish enough that not a lot of people had it at, um, at, the, at, the, at karaoke uh, generally, I think. Yeah, but uh, what, what a great song. It was just, uh, and what a fun trip. <laughs> that, was, that was really, really yeah, a lot of fun. good times. Yeah. So um, what would you say... Um, uh, as far as karaoke, what is your favorite karaoke moment? My favorite karaoke moment was probably at a citywide finals competition for for a competitive social karaoke league. Uh, we did a rewrite to Taylor Swift, and I got to be Ariel, oh. which, note back to, I'm a mermaid. Uh, <laughs> I, I made my own costume where I had a, a shiny green tail that I ripped off and then was just like in a bikini on stage, which was not something that I would ever have even considered doing. But that like shock value moment of like belting out on a stage with like 500 people and then just like taking off all my clothes and owning it, I felt real powerful and like I don't know that, that one stands out and and we won so <laughs> that always helps winning winning's great <laughs> that's great so um, with that said so uh, now uh, um, as far as karaoke like uh, you know what what does it bring for you and like uh, what, like for example uh, are there specific songs that you're working on right now? Um, or uh, generally, what kind of songs are you looking for when you're looking for new songs? Or, you know, and new songs doesn't mean they have to be out right now. Yeah, new, new songs, to new to you, yeah. Um, there, there were a lot of questions in there. So, like, what... <laughs> I'm going to try, I'm gonna try yeah. to dissect that question into subsections. Like what karaoke is for me? Uh, karaoke is my grown-up time. Um, <laughs> as a, as a professional nanny, I have no coworkers. I have no adult interaction, and karaoke is a really fun way to make friends mm -hmm. and to kind of let loose yeah. and just like have a community, which is great, and I love it. Uh, so now that I'm not doing songs for competition nearly as often 
I'm starting to kind of challenge myself more. I want to diversify my repertoire because now I, I usually just sing songs that I know that I sound good at and that yeah. are going to get a reaction. And now I'm doing songs more so just because I like them and I feel like it. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes they can be flops, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm learning that it's okay to have a flop. <laughs> no, I, I definitely understand that. Um, uh, as in, uh, so I, I um, Sean, Sean Logue knows that I love Queen. Uh, Who doesn't love Queen? Well, actually, I think he knows that. But it's in the, I, uh, I do the songs that most people don't know. <laughs> so, so uh, but uh, it's one of those things where I usually don't do Queen, mainly because um, I always uh, have a insecurity about, like, uh, as in... I know it sounds weird that I, would, that I actually would have an insecurity as much as I just go out and just do things. But uh, I do not do Queen as often. Uh, and not, then I find that there's certain ones I still have a hard time working on. It doesn't mean I'm not going to keep doing them. It just means I'm going to keep working on them. But certain ones do fit my voice a little bit better. Like uh, I found that Great Pretender. Um, uh, um, the, yeah, that one doesn't that sound one. often. <laughs> that, that's, no one sings that song. I know, I know that song. No yeah. one sings that song. So it's like it's probably one of my favorite songs that I can do well. Yeah. Um, uh, the other one that I do well is Radio Gaga. Classic, classic. Yeah. Um, and uh, but the other ones like are actually really hard. Like Under Pressure is really hard, especially if you like. I can do. I feel like I feel pretty confident when I'm doing Bowie. Um, I have a pretty good feel for uh, how I like to portray Bowie. And, and, uh, but going back and forth with Freddie and Bowie, it's just like, oh my God. If you're trying to do it, it's just, it's really difficult. Uh, and then uh, Don't Stop Me Now, I love that song, but uh, it's so hard. Uh, Killer Queen is pretty fast. Uh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, was actually one of the first songs I think I uh, went out of my way to, like, uh, you know, when you first started in karaoke, you're like, oh my god, this is such an amazing song, but, you know, it gets done so often right. that, that um, uh, anybody who's usually <coughs> done it, you know, like, like, uh, like, consistently gone for, like, half a year, like, everybody, like, is, it's, it's a crowd favorite, but, like, most everybody know, knows how... Um, where to chime in. <laughs> so I don't usually try to get um, too carried away with, uh, with that one. Uh, I like to sing Queen because I can, like it's written by dudes and for dudes' voices, but I can still show off my soprano yeah. skills because I tend to shy away from male artists mm. just because I'm not as strong in the lower range. And that's something that I want to work on. Like, ah. I've I've been trying I've been trying to get karaoke ready a a gorilla song. Oh, <laughs> like the the clap like everyone everyone does it, but I love it, and I just I don't quite have the speed yeah, to yeah. get through all the yeah. like it's it's a lot. I I do slow songs. Yeah. So you're talking about Clint Eastwood? Yeah. Yeah, that is such a great song. I definitely want to be there when you do that. Uh, it's, not, it's not stage ready yet. Yeah. Yeah, and back to Queen, like uh, the the song that I usually consider the 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 
the one that I would like to get down really well because it's so intricately detailed. Like, um, there's such subtle like changes, uh, and but there are definitely changes in the song. Is uh, somebody to love? Yes. Like, it's yes, <laughs> yes, and no, no two people ever do that song the same. Yeah, like there's so much freedom mm-hmm. to manipulate it and make it your own. It's yeah. it's kind of been like bastardized by mm-hmm. like commercial use. Yeah. It always that song always makes me think of Happy Feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the penguins. It's a penguin song now. <laughs> yeah. No, I I love that song and uh it's uh definitely like it's of course also what I would consider to me probably the hardest queen song because it's uh just so so um you you know Freddie's voice and it's like and when you actually listen to the song not just like singing in your own voice and just trying to actually have all the detail in there it's really hard and yeah. you know, like to and to uh you know like I'm probably overanalyzing it but but the fact is is this, um, when you when you uh <laughs> I listen, I've listened to a lot of Queen uh, growing up. Um, uh, well, how I got into music actually, uh, uh, any type of music. Actually, um, as a kid, I as a high schooler, I didn't really listen to music all that much, uh, other than the car radio. Like, uh, so my my uh, my mom passed away when I was really young, and I found I actually um, was uh, rummaging through um, what she had left behind as vinyls. And so, like, uh, one of the first finals I ever found was uh, a 45 of Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh <laughs> yeah, so the Queen has a very special place in my heart, and it got me uh, into collecting records. So I actually have Night at the Opera um, uh, by Queen. Uh, I have uh, a lot of Who records, a lot of, uh, a lot of Pink Floyd records, uh, but uh, Queen is always very special, uh, has a very special place for me, I'm so excited about the movie. Uh, it should be awesome. I mean, the music, the music in any movie usually helps quite a bit for me. Uh, uh, I think uh, I had mentioned this in uh, two episodes ago and uh, before with uh, K Push. Like, uh, uh, you might not, it might, it might be hard to imagine because I don't do a whole lot of country. But uh, Walk the Line, the movie, got me back into like actually listening to music like uh listening to lots of johnny cash in the car car rides <laughs> and uh, singing along yeah so uh i am gonna try to do um uh i think uh i still miss someone tomorrow night at costume <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna try to make i'm gonna try to make it out tomorrow <laughs> yeah uh so uh yeah no i'm i definitely want to see well, so speaking of Queen, the other, uh, so the other song I really do love, and uh, I think Sean and I had discussed, that has a very Queen style to it, is uh, the song "Grace Kelly" by by Mika. Do you know it or no? I don't. I'd have, I can I'd have do. To listen to it. Okay. I'm really bad at, yeah. I'm really bad at remembering titles. Yeah, but that one I actually had to work on for a while um, in order to get it like. Um, to a way, way I actually at least like it, yeah. But it's also very detailed and everything. So uh, having known Shelley uh, for a while, um, uh, I know that um, uh, uh, she loves karaoke, and uh, uh, it's 
influenced her quite a bit. So I'm going to let her, for the second part of the show, this is something that she's really passionate passionate about, so I'm going to let her discuss how karaoke has um, affected her life. Like I said, karaoke has always been kind of part of my life, but in my early college days, I made some not so wise decisions romantically and got involved with someone who actually stopped me from karaokeing for a while. Um, I, I got him a job as the like KJ's assistant doing the computer work and making new tracks and all that. And then he told me he needed to appear single while at the bar and I wasn't supposed to go to karaoke anymore. Uh, so I stayed, I stayed out of karaoke for a little over a year and then changed my life drastically, dropped that person like super fast. <laughs> not, not fast enough, but, but dropped him, moved across the country and started here. And when I moved here, I didn't know anyone who I wasn't related to. Uh, I was staying with my cousin and my aunt and after, after a while, they were like, no, we got to get you like out of the house. You got to go make friends. What do you like to do? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't really do anything. I, I, they're like, well, you sing. Do you karaoke? We have a friend who's, who does this thing. Uh, and that's where I met G-Day. Oh. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh, G-Day, G-Day is my karaoke like intro, um, which we don't really hang out all that much, but... Like, I will always have a special appreciation for G-Day because he introduced me to this world. Um, so the first time I came to this bar and there was just like people not wearing clothes. <laughs> like people were walking around in like leopard print loincloths and like wearing their t-shirt as a diaper. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this insanity? how can all these people just be like super, like everyone here is weird as fuck, but everyone is super chill. So I decided to dive in and join a team that next season. And I feel like in doing so, I really, I took back a piece of me that, that I let fade away for a while. And being up on stage is something that I've always loved. And I was going through so much shit at the time, and karaoke kind of became like the beacon of light in what was like a really fucked up time in my life. And it kind of latched onto it, and now it, I wouldn't know any of these people without it. <laughs> so uh, being around this community and being able to be on stage again, I really started to see myself differently, and I started seeing myself through other people's eyes. Uh, which generally is more positive than how I was seeing myself at the time. And through being on stage, I've become incredibly more confident. Like, me from four years ago would, would probably not even be doing this podcast because I'd be like, no, no one has, no one cares what I think. But people do care what I think because I have important stuff to say. And I think without karaoke and performance, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that. Yeah. Um, and then to, to grow off of that, 
uh, I started to see myself physically different and uh, I was trying not to talk about it too much but now I have I've lost almost 75 pounds in the last year uh, and I think being being on stage has really helped embolden me so that I could do that. Um, not that I want to like aesthetically look better to be on stage, but being on stage made me feel strong and powerful, and that spilled over into every aspect of my life. Um, I think I'm a better nanny because I perform. I think I'm a better person in general because I perform. And I don't, I don't know. I feel like I've gone on a tangent. No. <laughs> it's actually quite all right. I mean, um, uh, I mean, no, I think that that's, you know, like, um, uh, tangents are good. Okay. Tangents, t- tangents, tangents are perfectly fine. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I would say that, um, uh, I mean, I would say there was a time, like, um, during, you know, like, um, when I was, there was a time during my postdoc when I was uh, kind of, um, you know, it was uh, working, you know, like long hours uh, and kind of just, um, you know, like, uh, it was uh, very isolated um, at times. And, and this was before I really got into karaoke. Uh, uh, and I would say if it wasn't for... I had owned I had owned a Kindle at the time that I was using as like a almost like an iPad, like just like running all my music through. And uh, music does amazing things for you, you know. Um, a forty-five minute walk, like uh, at at two in the morning, isn't so well. Past midnight <laughs> is not so not so lonely when you are belting out Les Misérables, the whole soundtrack <laughs> all the way back home. I mean, it's nowhere near as lonely. Um, and it, and when you can feel it, you know, that's, you know, like, um, and, uh, and I, you know, at that hour, nobody else, like, at that hour, with no, no residential houses around, I can belt all I want, not affecting anyone, and I have a good release, and music, music at the end of the day, um, that, like, changes people, that, like, uh, helps people through hard times, and I think that's totally fair, I mean, uh, and I think that, um, the people you've met, right? I mean, uh, G-Day is an amazing person. I mean, he's so talented. I mean, uh, his voice is amazing. He can play, he plays the band. Uh, and, uh, Wait, he's... Shout out to Vico Cycle. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Vico Cycle. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, uh, and uh, he's such a great guy. Uh, and uh, aside from that, too, you've met uh, all the people out for that uh, have been on your teams who are, who are um, amazing. <laughs> so, like, and you guys get along. With, without karaoke, I wouldn't have met you or, <laughs> or anyone involved in, in RevX either. Like, I'm, I met all of you guys through karaokeing, whether that be at, like, whatever venues, like, sporadically throughout the last four years. Basically, every, like, adult connection I've made is either karaoke or family. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. I mean, I, and I think that uh, like uh, all of us love music, and the music changes like and helps us through uh, times. And we never know like what we're going through, but um, you know, like uh, we can uh, we can, we're always able to share songs, 
the sad song battle that we did. Yeah. That Revex did earlier this year. Uh, like opportunities like that, that being able to sing and be be raw and emotional, it's it's like it's like group therapy but with music. <laughs> and it just I don't know. I feel like it without it there's just something missing. Yeah. And I don't know. I just love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I I totally understand uh, what you're saying because uh I and you know, like uh, doing this crazy um our uh, Picasso Hut challenge of a uh, thousand songs. Uh, <laughs> luckily, my voice has been pretty so- strong for the most part. Believe it or not, I actually do lose my voice. And I usually, when I first, lo- first few times I actually lost my voice, I actually like uh, did freak out. It's like, I'm like, am I ever going to be able to sing again? <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had yes. that. Yes, for sure. Like, oh no, I've lost it forever. <laughs> and you worry, like, like, um, what, 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 like, uh, what if you can never sing? It'd be like literally living a life of Ariel. It'd be really sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but, um, I don't want to live in that world. <laughs> I don't want to live in that world where I can't sing. Mm-mm. Nope. Yeah. So I think that that's um. Uh, <laughs> we just went into a very interesting place, but I, but I think that it's interesting because I think that I'm not the only one who's ever lost their voice. Uh, I, I do. That's why, um, as much as it, I didn't really take it easy this winter, but I usually try to not. I usually try to take it easier in the winter, uh, and uh, usually, you know, like uh, my voice is uh, usually pretty powerful has a lot of power, so, you know, like, if I wanted to sing 20 songs a day, I usually don't have any problem doing it. Uh, I mean, I do that in my, I do that in my car every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we have had uh, multiple 20-song karaoke days, which is, which is crazy, uh, but, uh, you know, I don't have any problem with that, because um, uh, I love it. Uh, there are certain songs I do, I do know that I will lose my voice, especially... Um, as much as I do things out of my range, um, uh, like you, I definitely uh, have a hard time singing. Uh, singing low mm-hmm. is actually really low. Not not like um, not like Colm Wilkinson, Ladies of <laughs> Rob Low. Like I'm talking about like low, like uh, low, like Metallica low. <laughs> that will destroy my voice. I can't um, uh, routinely get down there. Yeah. Uh, I can do Johnny Cash low, but like I can't do the grovelly low voice very well. I uh, I feel like I lose my breath support when I sing in the lower register. Ah, yeah. Like, which I feel like is opposite for most women oh. I speak to about like, and yeah. whenever I'm sick, it's my low register that goes out uh, first. Yeah. I can always like squeak out those Mariah Carey whisper notes, yeah. but I can't. Yeah. I can't like sing just like. Mid tone or lower. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Something a little unique yeah. about my voice. Yeah. Yeah. No, mine is like the the high register will go first. Like, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, fun fact: I had I had jaw surgery when I was nineteen, and they moved my top jaw forward. Oh. Um, and it opened up 
like my sinus cavities and my voice changed. Oh. Uh, it's subtle. Like yeah. other people may not notice it, but like at that time I was like actively like training and classically training like yeah. at the end of high school. So I I could hear it shift. Yeah. And it fascinates me how like very simple anatomical things just like change a person's yeah. voice. No, it's uh, it's absolutely it is absolutely amazing because um, it's one of those things where where um, like uh, uh, we'll we'll start with the more um, sadder thing um, uh, uh, and then we'll go to something more positive. But uh, the sadder thing was so we so uh. Uh, Professor Rex rec- uh, recommended this uh, documentary to watch. It's called um, what's it called? The Defiant Ones. Oh my God! It is an amazing um, documentary. That's uh, on uh, it's on HBO right now, uh, and it's a four episode uh, documentary and talks about Dr. Dre and uh, uh, Jimmy Levine. Um, and it was uh, uh, one of the guys with uh, Dr. Dre like uh, that. We came up with Dr. Dre. Um, uh, uh, was like this rising star. Could sing a beautiful, well, uh, rap beautifully. Uh, but you know, like when I say sing rap, like um, the voice, like um, he sounded really awesome doing it. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, like when you're young and you're. Um, uh, when you're young and you, you do stupid things, yeah. whatever, mommy, again, you have money and whatever. Uh, he was doing things that he probably should not be doing. So he got into a major accident, like a, um, I think he got thrown out of his car and everything. And um, he survived. And he actually looks pretty much the same, but he lost his voice. Like never, never could get it back, which is really sad. But um, uh, but like, like uh, so very little things can affect your voice. So, uh, one of the things that um, that if you would notice that um, this has been, so I, I, I spend uh, when I'm not doing karaoke, uh, I spend a lot of time watching YouTube videos, and uh, one of the things that's pretty well documented. With um, with Freddie Mercury is uh, he has an overbite, right? And uh, he would never allow anybody to fix that. He was always really concerned about the resonance. Like you, you will not have the same resonance. You will not once you have something and you're comfortable with it. You don't ever want it to change. And I think that that's kind of. Uh, but you had something change, but it was for the better, yeah, which is awesome. Because I had I had an underbite. So ah. now, now I have a normal bite, yeah. which, like, it would be the opposite of Freddie. Like, if yeah. Freddie were to, to pull back, yeah, I I had the opposite, and it it really opened it up. Yeah, there's, I don't know, just a better quality yeah. now that there's more space in there for sound to bounce around yeah. in. It just yeah. sounds better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I actually have a, an overbite, but um, I. Also, don't care. As in, I would never. Well, I mean, I would. I would actually consider, at some point, maybe uh, entertaining 
like uh, the idea of uh, voice lessons and you know kind of figure things out but but also like uh, I would still be as silly as I am today <laughs> there's a certain level of like uh, comfort level that you get into that you're you're just not going to want to change certain things yeah. uh, I definitely I gotta say having my jaw wired shut because oh. because I refuse to not sing I learned how to project real well because I had to project through like (laughs) having it rubber banded all the way closed so I got really good at talking like this without (laughs) without opening my mouth (laughs) (laughs) yeah I would say that that's uh yeah but yeah music is uh, one of those things where where uh I I sometimes can't believe like uh how how uh you know, like I grew up playing sports, mainly just sports, and uh, and I don't know how I went through all those years, like just really just ignoring music. Um. <laughs> so uh, I just wanted to, to touch back. I mentioned earlier how like my big my big karaoke moment that stands out was ripping off my mermaid tail and just being like in a bikini on stage. The very first time that a costume required my midriff to show. We weren't, we weren't at City Wines, we were at a smaller bar. And we lost the number. And I, I just about died inside. I thought, like I felt it was 100% my fault. Uh, my team was wonderful and supportive and convinced me that that was just the whiskey talking. <laughs> but like to then go two years later and now I'm regularly performing burlesque style numbers like I think it, I've, I've made a brand of taking my clothes off in front of people <laughs> like that's if there's, a, if there's a competition Shelly Poppins is going to get at least half naked <laughs> and like I don't know carry just reclaiming karaoke made me reclaim my body, made me reclaim everything. And like looking retrospectively, all of these things growing up that have changed me and affected me generally circle around music. Like in high school, I was in I was in the advanced choirs that you had to audition for, and then a a special jazz choir audition was being held. And I thought that I nailed the audition. Got really positive feedback from the director. Was like, I thought for sure I was a shoe in They posted up the list and my name wasn't on it. So I went to the director and tried to like get an honest explanation. Like, cause I really thought that I did well. So I'm like, give me, give me honest feedback because everything you told me was positive. And I will remember this to this day. His response was, well, I mean, you just really don't look the part for the jazz choir. And I feel like so many, so I've, I've just let people take away my experiences because of the body I was in and reclaiming karaoke and reclaiming my body, like I kind of just want to shove it in my director's, my high school director's face yeah. now because 
I could have been I could have been so much better. <laughs> and I don't know. I feel I keep I keep circling this conversation back around just because I I don't know how to iterate how how important karaoke and performance has been yeah. for me. Yeah, reclaiming things like yeah, it, it, it is a thing. As in, uh, I would tell you that um, I still have um, so I do have a side project right now, uh, trying to uh, I'm trying to learn to play a stringed instrument. So I, I actually own a acoustic electric. Uh, <laughs> uh, I actually own an acoustic electric, but that's not what I'm actually playing. But when I bought that acoustic electric, the, the guy actually was like asking me uh, what I liked. I was like, oh, I like Pink Floyd. He was like, oh, well, that's something good to aspire to, but you'll never be able to play it. Was it the person trying to sell me a, like a, like a, a $400 guitars and up? Telling me that you know like, that's not really the way that you try to sell guitars. I mean, right. I, and I definitely know the chord sequence and the, the solo, how to play the solo of "Wish You Were Here Now." I mean, uh, granted, you know, I you know, and it, I granted that um, I need a lot more work at it. It's not an impossibility, uh, but it it hurt a lot. Uh, I can't tell you how much it actually hurt at the time um, because. Uh, growing up, uh, I had failed at instruments all throughout. Like, I just was just not disciplined. Uh, and honestly, uh, my type of discipline is very different anyway. I'm a very goal-oriented person. If you tell me what the goal is, I will work, like, um, I will give everything I got to figure it out, even if it's absurd. But, like, um, if it, there's no goal, I'm not very good at conventional learning. If I don't, I get bored pretty quick, and I just don't learn very well. As in, uh, so, uh, like, uh, failed at the oboe, uh, failed at the guitar multiple times. Like, I tried to play it once, and uh, and then I tried to self-teach myself with this acoustic electric uh, a second time. And I can tell you, whenever we got to when the saints come marching in, I just was like, this sucks. As in, I you know, like, this is a song that like I, I don't hate when the scenes come marching in but if that's that's the level of as good as I'm gonna get like for you know like uh, it usually takes about two and a half months to get there mm-hmm. if two and a half months gets you to when the saints come marching in this is terrible your progress might as well be and the next song like the song before that was like Yankee Doodle comes down <laughs> you know something that's like you gotta be kidding me this is not the way I want to learn so uh, with uh, I can't tell you how much YouTube has actually changed my life most of like uh, so I learned to play the Wish You Were Here from YouTube and uh, you know and I actually had to transpose it onto my uh, stringed instrument that I'm not gonna say what it is but it's not your conventional string instrument so I actually had to kind of uh, like learn to put it onto that so uh, and I like the challenge of learning to you know like um, the chord structures and figuring figuring out how how it plays into my instrument so uh, there's a level of challenge that's always there and then there's a level of of uh, you have to I think that uh, I just fell into the trap. I mean, I love my parents, and I, I think, um, you know, like, uh, parents are great, uh, but I think a lot of times, 
people, you know, like uh, parents want to just push their kids. They want the best stuff for their kids, right? They want them to be busy. They want them to explore. But I think that that uh, a lot of times people don't. They just see a service out there, and that they don't. They don't. Uh, kind of. They don't ask their child, and uh, this. It's very hard for me to actually talk about this because I think that I, I'm. Um, I wouldn't have known what I wanted at the time, so, uh, like, I definitely. You know, like. Every time I've ever learned was like a, uh, an acoustic based like uh, guitar. I probably would have wanted a, a light, like I would have wanted a Fender, honestly, an electric Fender that I could just rock out, honestly. Uh, and um, with the music, I mean, if I, like now I know what I want. Like I know like uh, the type of it, like if I owned a, a guitar, it would be a Fender uh, Stratocaster. Um, uh, probably souped up a little bit, but uh, I wouldn't want a Les Paul. Les Paul is a little bit too heavy for me. I wouldn't be able to dance around as much. <laughs> so, so I I know like and I, wa- I want it to be heavy. I want it to be fast. I want it to be heavy. So it's that's the type of music that I um uh, like like playing like or just like listening to. So you know like um and you learn best if you are like learning things that that you like hearing. Um, uh, you know. Like I said, I don't have anything against when the Saints come marching in, but it is also not my. It's definitely not on my 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 fifty thousand top favorite songs. <laughs> so I think that there's definitely a, a case where where um, uh, reclaiming a song, well, reclaiming like um, uh, like uh, music or like things in your life is an important important. Yeah, I don't. I don't like when people tell me that things aren't for me. Yeah. And I don't like when people tell me that I can't yeah. do a thing. And for for me, karaoke is that was that yeah. way. And I feel like music and performance in general is a really great way to yeah. push your limits yeah. and and step out of step out of the box and out yeah. of your comfort zone and mm-hmm. like. You just gotta, you just gotta do it. Yeah. Uh, you just gotta push through whatever like yeah. stage fright mm-hmm. or anxiety that goes about it. Cause believe me, every single time that I get up on stage and I, especially when I'm taking my clothes off, I still have like a little yeah. moment of panic. But like, I, you just gotta do it. You gotta do it just to just to prove that you can do it. Yeah. And once you once you do it and and you. You own it and you feel it, like it just—it yeah. changes you. Yeah. It changes you on a much deeper level than just like singing a song. Yeah. Like, uh, I feel like w- once you once you like really like bare your soul into your performance, which a lot of people don't think of karaoke as a thing that you can like bare your soul in. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I grew up, karaoke was like just drunk dudes and kid like mm-hmm. drunk dudes and or kids just messing around and it doesn't it doesn't have to just be that it can be it can be so much more and it can be so powerful and so moving and you can you can say so much more than what the original artist said 
by like putting your own thoughts and spins and perspectives. Yeah. And uh, I feel like it's in general under undervalued and Carrie V's the best. Yeah. <laughs> it just is. Yeah. So, I think that that um, the reason why we go to concerts, I mean, you you, own, you have either their music on your computer or whatnot of the bands that you're going to see in a concert. It's not just for the music. You want them to live the moment and like yeah. be on stage and and uh, you know like you want to feel it. You want to see them feel the music, and you and everybody else in that audience is feeling it. And when you get up on stage to sing something, you want to share how you feel about that song. And that's the way that usually I, you know, like think of. I think that all of us think of that. And you know, like um, I, you know, like <laughs> I'm probably guilty of this. Listen, I don't have any formal music training, so, so like I just sing. I just sing, and like I. I sing what I think I hear, and I, you know, like, and what kind of emotion and energy I'm uh, like channeling, like trying to feel and uh, express, and that uh, you know that's that's what therapeutic for me is. And um, I, you know, like um, I feel, you know, like um, uh, um, if, if if I wasn't a scientist, I I would want to be a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. I think music, music is a very empathetic experience when, when you experience it live, whether that's at a bar or at a like huge arena. Yeah. Like it's all about it's all about the feelings, like the the words can fade, the rhythms can be all fucked up, but it's it's about feelings and community and just not feeling alone in the world yeah. because sometimes. Sometimes you feel like what you're feeling is the like you're the only person in the world who feels a certain way, and then a song comes on that just like destroys you in the best way, and you're like, someone else feels this. Yeah. I'm not alone in the universe. I'm not a crazy person. It's okay to have these feelings. It's okay to to feel, and in a really in a really weird way, like my favorite thing about performing is when I can make the audience feel what I'm feeling. Yeah. Uh, I really love to make people cry, and I feel like <laughs> like that's not something I should say so proudly, but like when I see someone tearing up because of like my like emotional presence yeah. in a song, like that that just fills me with so much pride. Yeah. I love it. I just feel bad saying that I like making people oh. cry. <laughs> I don't think you have to be sorry for that because um, one of the I think one of the greatest music videos uh, I would say is uh, Nothing Compares to You by Shane O'Connor I mean like that's a great music video and uh, I mean uh, the motion I mean I'm pretty certain that there's been like I think I you know, like I definitely will still like think about tearing up <laughs> when I hear that song it's this absolutely amazing song uh, in fact um, when I listen to Queen especially the um, um, uh, the last, uh, last um, the song from the last albums for last album, for example, Innuendo, um, uh, the show show must go on, like uh, like he's just belting it out. I mean, like, and you you know, like uh, that that um, uh, you know, looking back now, 
like he was at the end of his life and he was recording like music and still like it's like in recording studios and uh, like the music videos and everything and just belting it out and the same case with um, uh, 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 the David Bowie uh, album that um, that um, his last album you know, like you see the music video from it you know, it's like this is just so amazing you know like, like um, they're you know like uh, the, he, he's got I mean uh, they've got so much other things on their mind but they're willing to share their art with you before they go that's awesome yeah, yeah. That, that's what it's about yeah. that's, that's what music is about is, yeah. is sharing yeah and uh, yeah, I think that uh, yeah, every once in a while it's uh, good to have a good cry. Um, I actually really like the anime. I don't know. Um, you might know. Are you familiar with anime or not really? Not really. Oh, so um, uh, there's this. I'll I'll uh, send you the link on uh, really um, for the, the only, show. The only anime that I know anything about is Naruto. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I know like the first couple. Graphic yeah. novels, like I read, like the first three or four yeah. graphic novels. It's so not, Nar- it. it's not Naruto. Yeah. The, the, the it's actually an anime movie that's like the saddest movie. Period. And I actually like watching it. It's uh, called, um, uh, I believe it's called uh, Tomb of the Fireflies. Um, uh, it's absolutely amazing. Um, like, uh, I'm gonna tell you right now, it, like, uh. It uh, it is very sad. It's probably it's probably the saddest. Like um, there are people that don't like seen it once and don't want ever want to see it again. But like I always like you know there's times I'm like oh uh, it's good to have a good cry. It's such a re- it's such a good release. Like I can't I can't go more than like three days without crying. <laughs> like cry crying is just like how I process emotions. I just I cry when I'm happy. I cry when I'm sad. I, I really cry <laughs> when I'm angry, dude. I cry when I'm pissed. Like, I just... Water just falls out of my face all the time. (laughs) Oh. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, no, I mean... uh, Yeah, I think that there's, um... We have all these emotions, right? Uh, And sometimes... It's okay to be sad sometimes. I mean, uh... uh, Because if you, like, um... If you don't allow yourself to be sad, uh, I think that it's also it catches up. Yeah, yeah. It, if you if you don't let it if you don't let it out in little increments, it will catch up to you. Yeah. And you know, it's not fun when emotions take over. Yeah. Like, yeah. being in control of your emotions also means allowing yourself to feel those emotions, and music makes that easier sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And movies and art and experiencing your own emotion but through someone else makes it more in my opinion makes it more tangible like i don't know i don't know how to describe it no i i understand what you're saying yeah yeah and it's definitely like i mean um so this last segment has been really actually really been really Really great. I mean, it always is. Um, but um, I have. I mean, like I have a lot of fun doing this. So, uh, but we covered um, like reowning, like uh, yeah. repossessing something that somebody tells you that you know or took away from you. Like that's just nonsense that 
somebody would be like, oh, I need to appear. That, I, that's just nonsense. <laughs> I just can't even, like, uh, that's absurd. Uh, but I'm so happy that you were able to reclaim. And you have you have a lot of fun doing this. I oh, mean, yeah. all of us have a lot of fun doing this. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's okay to be sad. And, like, every once in a while, you need a sad song. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you don't only sing sad songs. You've got a beautiful voice. I mean, uh, yeah. And uh, uh, honestly, I think that uh, Family Portrait, I believe it's kind of a, a uh, sad song. Not, not, not kind of. I'm not pretty certain. Of, <laughs> it is very sad. Yes. Like, there's no kind of in that. Like, the whole the whole song is about the destruction of a family. Yeah. And, and the emotion is just absolutely amazing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, it's by far my favorite Pink song, yeah. 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 It's yeah. raw. Yeah. It's yeah. very, it's yeah. very raw. Yeah. So, all right. So this closes out our um, tenth episode of Voices, and thank you for listening, and thank you for um, uh, joining us, Shelley Poppins, <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll be in touch. All right. Bye.